Welcome to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. From deep underground in Staten Island's uh, beer bunker, virtual saloon, the only one of its kind, really. Welcome to yet another episode of Three Beers In, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Dom, and this is episode number 162. And this week we are drinking Purple Bunky Dishwasher, a chocolate peanut butter porter. This is the Craft Beer Show, bringing you the latest news and unique craft beer reviews. We're doing this since 2016. You can't have a drink with your buddies right now because you can't go to the bar. You can't go to the local watering hole. You can't have anyone in your house. But you can have a beer with me right now. A craft beer. A delicious craft beer. Hopefully local. You got to support your locals, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the interesting thing about what's going on here right now is that this is the second time in the history of Three Beers In. And again, I just said it was from 2016 we're doing this bad boy show. This is a bad boy show. We've been doing it for a long time. And this is the second porter ever on Three Beers In. It's uh, 72 episodes ago on episode 90. Can you believe that? Okay, way, way back, back in the Rob Obermeyer days, best friend of mine, best man at my wedding, and he fled the country and went to Australia. But they're on lockdown too out there. They're on lockdown too out there. But he's he's crushing it out there. I love that guy. I wish I could talk to him more, but it is what it is. He's getting married. He has a house. It's really, really great. He's got a dog too. It's really fantastic. How's everybody doing out there? Are you doing all right? Is everyone doing okay? I know things are a bit crazy right now, right? Things are a bit uncertain, a bit crazy. And I said I was going to do a porter. I'm trying to bring stability down back into this crazy world that we're living in. But some good news today, Sunday, April 5th, 2020, is my daughter's birthday. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, what a wonderful time. Such a great journey that I've been on as a father. It is year one down. One year ago... On this date, I became a father, and it has been such a, I don't want to say a blur in a bad way, but it has gone pretty fast this year, and um, here we are, and I'm just so, so happy, so elated that, that, uh, I mean, it is a little bit bittersweet because we can't have the birthday party that we had planned on having for our daughter. Uh, We're going to have a nice little get-together with some friends and family at a place, I mean, it was like a, a ch- like a child's gymboree type thing. Now that I'm a dad, actually, when my godson came into the world, that's when I realized that there's a lot of things that you have to do as a father um, in terms of like, oh, God, wait a minute, my daughter's outside. I think I just saw a walker go by. Hang on now. I think I just saw a walker go by in the back there. In the backyard. I mean, it definitely was. It's definitely her. And now, oh, this, uh, I don't mean to put a kibosh on the show. Let me try to bring it back down to earth here. Hold on. Let me maybe do a pause here, and I can try to figure out what's going on. Hold on. Hold on. Yep, it was her. Uh, uh, There's no doubt about it. I was just trying to do my show here. I saw something going on, the reflection of the pictures that are hanging on the wall. And I needed to go outside and see her. She was just running around in her walker thing on the patio and just uh, freaking out and having a good time. But that'll change your 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 mindset of what you're doing on the show. Um, let's try to bring it back, shall we? First birthday for the baby. Wonderful. She's like a toddler now, I think, right? I don't know. I don't know how it is. She's 12 months old. Now I got to keep track to 
say how many months old she was she 13 months old 16 months old no i'm just gonna say she's one and change until she's two or or then when i get to almost two i'm gonna see she's almost two i'm not gonna be one of those parents <clears throat> anyway again second time we're ever doing a porter here on this show uh and rob and i both gave that porter an 8.0 okay that's a pretty hefty score uh score there i don't recall the name of it i'm so sorry uh production value blah 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 one man show here, ladies and gentlemen. I say it every single time, but we're doing pumple, uh, purple monkey dishwasher, chocolate peanut butter porter from Evil Genius. And the thing, the the reason I even looked back on this was because I thought that I had done this beer before, because this sounded like a beer that we had done before on the show, or at least this might actually be a beer a beer that I've had before, because there's just something about it that seems so familiar. But it's coming in at a six point seven percent ABV and a thirty five IBU. And I'm going to read a little bit of the description. I know, I'm, going to, I'm going to do that when I do the beer review. But let's do uh, the hop of the week, huh? We're going to jump right in. So, uh, like I said uh, last week, because of the fact that this brewery has listed uh, the hops that they used in this porter, I'm going to read about those now. I also had a, a hop lined up before that and it was bouillon hops so we're going to be doing bouillon hops tetanang and warrior because tetanang and warrior are in the hops we did tetanang in uh, episode 152 but here we go bouillon hops bouillon hops are a sibling uh, to popular brewers gold hops that originated in the u.s around 1919 though these hops have gained popularity uh, through the 1970s, they have become harder to find in recent years due to the super high alpha hops that are taking their place. The traditionally high alpha acid range of 8 to 13% gives this bittering hop uh, its super alpha association. Boolean hops also have an air have an air of spicy, zesty aroma and flavor and a touch of blackberry and currant. These characteristics make the Boolean hop a perfect addition to darker brews like stouts, porters, and dark lagers. If you can't find bouillon hops, they are easily substituted by varietals like Columbus or Brewer's Gold. Uh, Tase's uh, original super alpha hop is brews like uh, Brown's Brewing Company's ESB. So uh, I picked this one out because it was a porter-type hop. It came up when I looked at morebeer.com in terms of what you can homebrew with. And then we got to, uh, when I looked up this beer that we're having today, we got to see that uh, they used the Tetanang uh, or Tetananga and uh, Warrior Hops. So I'm going to read about those now. So Tetananga Hops, also referred to as uh, Tetanang, uh, Schweizinger, or Deutsche Fäumpen. Uh These hops are a natural land race originating in the Tetanang region of Germany. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I really didn't mean it. A traditional noble hop, uh, Tetanenga has been crossed with Fuggles and Renown and has, oh, excuse me, has been regrown in a variety of regions around the world, including the United States, Australia, and Switzerland. Uh, while these Tetanenga hops go by the same name and offer the same application in brewing, you will get a slightly different aroma and higher bittering potential due to the cross with Fuggles. Uh, with German Tetananga hops, um, expect that spicy aroma and hits of floral, earthy goodness. Tetananga also has a 
slightly lower alpha acid range, about three to six percent, uh, which is perfect for the addition of ger- uh, perfect addition to German ales, lagers, and wheat beers. Um, sent TM hops, spalt, and fuggles are good substitutes uh, if the tetananga is needed and you can't get it. So, again, another uh, this is one. Uh, this is the one that is actually in this beer, and then the next one, Warrior hops. Uh, is also in this beer. Though its true lineage is kept under wraps by Yakima Chief Ranches in Washington, Warrior Hops uh, exhibits similar characteristics to Nuggets, uh, Nugget and Columbus Hops. Uh, this makes Warrior a high alpha bittering uh, hop with mild aromatic notes of resin, citrus, and herbs. Uh, an alpha acid content between 15 and 17% provides the perfect bittering agent to IPAs, pales, and bitters. Options like Columbus or Nugget are also substitutions for Warrior Hops, if needed. Uh, you could taste Warrior Hops in the highly rated craft beer, like Dogfish Head's 60-minute IPA. So what I'm reading, so this is what is interesting about what I'm reading right now, and I think that's it's going to ring true for what we do with the beer review, and what I'm trying to really achieve when it comes to the show. We just read that when you get the Tetanga Hops. It's a three to six percent rage in the bittering, and then with the warrior hops, we're get, uh, in the alpha acid content, which translates to the bittering, and then with the warrior here, we're getting a fifteen to seventeen percent in terms of the bittering agent. So when we taste this beer that's coming up, and I haven't tasted it yet, I'm going to pause and do my my thing. I'm going to know that when it comes to that bitter taste that I might be getting when it comes to the taste of this beer. I know that I can attribute it to the warrior hops because of the fact that it has that high alpha acid composition. Okay. And then we also know that that flavor and that bitterness and the combination of the two, you can know going forward that if a beer has this particular hop in it, you're going to have that flavor. And you could also kind of make that uh, distinction with the, um, with the, uh, what they uh, put up as, alternatives like Columbus or Nugget and Columbus I had in the beer that I brewed myself. So knowing what Columbus tasted like with the double IPA that I did, I know that I might have a similar flavor going forward, knowing that the warrior hop is going to be in this stout. I mean, uh, this Porter, excuse me. Wow. I, I just made a little bit of a blunder there too, when it comes to the jumps to the difference there. So uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get to that now. I'm going to just do a little quick pause here and I will be right back. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to the realization that with this shutdown that's going on now, I did say I had enough beard for about three months, but it has come to my attention that I probably not. I probably won't be able to travel to New Jersey to buy beer because my now my supplier is Joe Canals. And I'm still holding out hope for Beverage Island. I hope that this shutdown doesn't ruin uh, everything out there. But um, this might put a little bit of a damper on the show. Because uh, one of the things that I hold dear to the show is be able to do a unique craft beer review uh, as I go along. So, uh, you know, uh, I might have to get a little creative with what I do on the show uh, so for the time being, uh, I might, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I, m- I might go with the flow in terms of what everyone's doing on their quarantine. Uh, one of the things that's happening that's unique with this situation is that you're limited to uh, what you're able to buy. So for me, with the quarantine, I'm, I'm still going to work every day, so it's not hitting me 
as it would hit other people. Uh, my day, my day to day hasn't really changed. I mean, I'm working weirder hours. I'm working, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going in when they ask, I'm doing this, that, and the third, there's a lot of, uh, policy creation that we're doing. It's very complex and, and, and I got, a, I got a headache a lot, uh, when it comes to trying to get these things together and trying to make things work. So, uh, it's, it's not easy. Uh, I am able to drive in now, so, uh, it's, it's not, that's a good part of it. Um, they purchased a lot for us, basically, for us to, or they leased it for a little bit for us to be able to use for the time being. So things are crazy. Things are hectic. But uh, I might actually start, you know, uh, and it might be indicative of what's actually happening right now. I might just go with the locals. I might go to Killsboro. I might go to Flagship and just get all of their beers because that's what's, I mean, uh, Killsboro and Flagship are delivering island-wide right now, Staten Island here. And uh, being able to get my hands on those beers is, is um, helping out those craft breweries, and I'll be able to have content for the show. Uh, I would review all their beers, and I would give fair reviews of their beers because I'm purchasing it. Again, even if I get beer that's for free, I, I give it a fair shake. I give it a fair review. I am not going to mess with the integrity of this show just because I'm getting beer, but I'm buying it with, I mean, that's the mentality that I have going in is if you're going to spend your money on these wonderful things that we have, uh, with beer, <clears throat> craft beer and the, and the, and the, the, uh, hundreds and hundreds of unique offerings that come from the community. I, I want to make sure that I give everything a very fair score. So, it, it's something I've been mulling around in my head because I don't know what, where things are going to go, and I'm trying to think ahead. And the other thing that happened was I found uh, the old... Uh, so back uh, in the election of 2016, Rob and I went live. We did a live stream. This was incredible. It really was. It was something that was... Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I just dropped everything. It was pretty much unheard of uh, at the time we... I remember I got out of work uh, early. I, I requested an early day off. Uh, I voted and I went down and we we did a live stream for 12 hours. We had about 60 yingling on reserve. We had multiple guests. We had people call in. We had people come here. They walked in through the back door and sat down and did, a, did the show with us. And for 12 hours... We did uh, a, a complete live stream. We were number one on Mixler, which was the live stream platform. Uh, it was one of the greatest. It was it was such an achievement for me, you know, in this in this medium of podcasting. And and at that point, we were at that moment we were broadcasting. But um, I found the footage because what had happened was I was just you know mulling through my my emails, and one popped up that said, uh, "We will delete your." your broadcast soon if you don't do something about it because it was parked there on this website on Mixler's website since 2016. So I, I scrambled to try to get things together and I was able to download it and I have it secured on the computer. I'm going to transfer it over to, to, to the main computers here. And what I might do is try to work on a project where I chop it down because it is 12. I'm not kidding. It is 12 straight hours of content I'm going to try to chop it down and to do maybe either I'm going to do some bonus material or if I cannot do a podcast week to week, if like if I have to, if I'm busy with something, I might have that packaged away and ready to just put out there. Uh, 
uh, to give people at least some content. I mean, it is political. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a presidential election. But Rob and I did a really great job of trying to keep things apolitical in terms of like where we stood in terms of our politics and stuff. And we gave a very, very good um, show. It was a really great show. And, uh, you know, it was just really fantastic for me to to find that. And, and it really hit home because, you know, I really miss Rob quite a bit. And, you know, I, I guess he misses me, but he's a, he's a different animal. Rob O'Mahony, he's a different kind of guy. So, um, you know, nonetheless... I said it again. I think I can say it from time to time. I can say nonetheless from time to time, right? No big deal. No big deal at all. But that's something I'm mulling around because, again, with this uncertainty, we have to be prepared. And um, and at the same time, I could support my local breweries, which I'm telling everyone to do, en masse. Everyone out there who's listening to this show, please go out there and find your local brewery and support them. Make sure that they stay afloat in these troubling times. They're definitely making... Uh, concessions in terms of what they need to do to make it work. So you need to, in good faith, go out there and support those guys. All right, let's get into what news we have this week. Uh, it's it's not, again, not too, too much. But uh, we do have something here. Uh, a couple of things. And then I'll get into the review here. But what we have here... SiennaNevada.com. You can go there right now, and they are offering a a pretty big beer for a pretty decent price. Uh, you could go to SiennaNevada.com right now, and you can get Life and Limb Ale. It's a four-pack. Uh, our third Life and Limb color, uh, collaboration is a strong, dark beer that's rich, full-bodied, and always evolving, thanks to Brewer's Yeast at work. In each can, uh, Life and Limb, alive with yeast, also features syrup from birch and maple trees, including those from the Caglioni family farm in Massachusetts. While Life and Limb celebrates a, celebrates a special kinship between Sierra Nevada and Dogfish Head, our two branches weave into thousands of others to make up the craft beer family tree. Sip slowly with friends and loved ones. Savor long because one can one could do better than be a swigger of birches. It's a four pack. It's a 10.2 alcohol by volume beer it's using Bravo hops, Northern brewer hops, two row, uh, pale Pilsner and Munich caramel, wheat, chocolate, and carafa malts. So it's a pretty big beer at 10.2. And since now this is the interesting part, since the yeast is inside, it's alive with yeast. They're saying that yeast is always going to be working on the sugars that are in that beer. So month to month, practically, as you cellar it in a cool, dry place, you are going to get a different flavor or a different experience with each beer. So it's a four pack. I would actually, what I would do if I were able to get it, I would put the four pack in the basement. I would mark off every three months what I'm I'm going to, I'm going to drink this beer every three months and every three months I'm going to write down the differences in the flavor and stuff like that. And that, again, is a way for you to see the journey that a beer can go on in terms of the ingredients that are involved. And I think that's really special and really, really cool. And I'm a big fan of, of Sierra Nevada. They're such a solid beer. You know, they're not overrated or underrated. They're just rated. They're good to go. And I think that's, uh, that's really, really special. Uh, this is from the Fayettes, Fayette, uh, excuse me, the Fayettesville Observer. And what I'm going to do at all times, anytime I come across an article about a brewery that is helping out people with the coronavirus that's going on, 
I'm going to put it out there, blast it out there for everyone around and everyone in the area to support these businesses. Dirtbag, uh, Dirtbag Ales treats quarantine Fort Bragg soldiers to free beer. Okay, this is from Monica Holland out there in the Fayo Observer, the Observer.com. Patrons can make a straightforward donation of any dollar amount they choose or just add a couple of single beers or a six-pack to their own order designated for donation. This content was provided free, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when the owners of Dirtbag Ales Craft House... Uh, oh, excuse me. When the owners of Dirtbag Ales crafted their Heroes Homecoming Pilsner last year, it wasn't what they had in mind. But with hundreds of Army soldiers returning to Fort Bragg from deployments who have found themselves quarantined for two weeks in an effort to fight the spread of coronavirus, the craft beer made a fitting and welcome donation. A brigade a brigade commander requested our beer, uh, said Dirtbag Brewmaster Tito Simmons Val- Valenzuela, who co-owns the brewery and taproom with fellow Army veterans Eric Wilson and Jeremy Hall. Uh, it says here, that uh, Shannon Loper, Dirtbag Ale's operating manager and event marketing coordinator, admits she was skeptical of the original request. She thought it was a scam to begin with. But they pulled it together, and the Dirtbag staff worked with leaders on post to get 900 cans of homecoming Pilsner to the approximately 850 troops that were in quarantine. Lieutenant Colonel Michael, Bo- uh, Michael Burns, a spokesman of the 82nd Airborne, said that Dirtbag's donation uh, has been well-received. Yes, I'm one of the soldiers quarantined, and after nine months of being gone, it'll be great to have some beer again. Thank you from all of us at this camp, said Cavalry Scout Chris Richter. He wrote that on their Facebook page. About 5,000 soldiers are expected to return to Fort Bragg from deployments during the next 40 days, including the 82nd Airborne Division's 3rd Brigade Combat Team, Lieutenant General Michael Eric Carilla, commander of the 18th Airborne Corps, said during a March 18th virtual town hall meeting. With about 2,200 of the soldiers arriving back in waves during the past couple of weeks, Carilla said 1,100 would be quarantined on post, and the remainder, and the remainder will be quarantined uh, in their homes off post. There's more returning. There are more returning, so the number keeps going up, said Simmons Valenzuela. Um, but he's able to keep up with the demand, and Dirtbag has uh, started to take donations in regards to this as well. So this is really something special. And, and again, the response has been amazing when they're, this outreach for the quarantine troops. People have been even um, donating toilet paper, which is actually pretty intense because that's a hot ticket item right now, the toilet paper. This here from Reuters, Mexico has stopped brewing Corona beer. It's deemed non-essential in the epidemic. So long story short here, I mean, it's a pretty lengthy article, but again, Mexico's Grupo Modelo said on Thursday, it will temporarily stop brewing Corona beer and other brands exported to 180 countries after its business activities were declared non-essential under a government order aimed at curbing the spread of the coronavirus. The Mexican government this week declared a health emergency and ordered the suspension of non-essential activities after the number of coronavirus cases in the country surpassed 1,000. On Thursday, and this was written uh, April 3rd, so on Thursday, it reported um, 15, uh, 
1510 cases and 50 deaths. The Brewers said in a statement that the suspension will go into place from Sunday uh, and it will already, it was already in process of scaling down production level and it, and it will resume once the suspension is lifted. Uh, so basically all the beers that are down there in, in Mexico, and this is a big part because they, they, and Hazard Bush InBev operates 11 breweries down in Mexico. So this is going to be uh, affect them a little bit when it comes to uh, what's going on. And this is another uh, article coming from NPR.org. Shoppers in Mexico are panic buying beer during the coronavirus crisis. Now, let me say this. Okay. Who am I to cast judgment on the people of Mexico? If I, I know for a fact that if my government had told me that beer and spirits was non-essential, not only would I go and panic buy beer and spirits, but I would take up arms and join the revolution against the government. <coughs> I have allergies, I promise you. Unbelievable. I I cannot sympathize with these people enough, okay? The Mexican authorities ordered the shutdown of all non-essential businesses and industries for the entire month of April in hopes of stemming the spread of the coronavirus, again, according to NPR.org. To the shock of many, added to the list of non-essential industries was all alcoholic beverage production. Within days... A whole new set of panic buying was taking place. Forget the run on toilet paper and beer hoarding was now going on throughout Mexico. In the northern border state of Nuevo León, government Jamie Rodriguez Calderon went a step further and recommended banning alcohol sales as well. He worried that with families holed up in their homes and under stress, alcohol consumption could contribute in spikes of domestic violence. I mean, he's not wrong, okay? I do think that they would, they could, wait, wait a minute, hold on. I, hold on, I read that wrong. I thought he would say that there would be a spike in alcohol consumption. That is absolutely the case. I am not on quarantine, okay, guys? I go to work as if nothing is going on, and my alcohol intake has skyrocketed. I have had almost three liters of wine. Since this whole thing kicked off, that is a complete one of those big bottles of. I had a big bottle of Yellowtail Merlot, and then I had another polished bottle off this week of Yellowtail Shiraz or Shiraz. I don't know or Syrah. I don't know how they say it. I'm not a wino like that. Oh, I know it was very tasty, and I've also polished off an entire bottle of Pink Whitney. Now this does make me seem like a raging alcoholic, but there's a lot of stress right now. Okay, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of stress. People want to take it easy. Did I beat anyone domestically? No. But this mayor thinks I might. In the south state of Tabasco, great sauce, the governor outright banned sales. Okay? And mayors in other cities have limited the hours of alcohol purchases. Okay, good for them. But soon, the videos of shoppers in long checkout lines with carts full of Mexico's beloved beers were making the rounds all over social media. You see it here on TikTok. It's like a Costco-looking place. These people have pallets full of the booze here. 
and they have memes going on. I don't speak Spanish, so I can't even try to get into that there. But Mexico has uh, 1688 confirmed cases of COVID-19 at the writing of this article with 60 deaths due to the virus. And among the non-essential business order to shut down on Tuesday, there were restaurant bars and nightclubs, all big purchasers of Mexico's beer and the spirit industry, all shut down. That reportedly got Mexico's three major beer companies, Constellation Brands, which I think also has uh, the Sculpin. What is that? Oh, man. Sculpin Ale. What was the name of that brewery? Hold on. Uh, you take a sip of craft beer and it'll all come back to you. Ballast Point. You have Anheuser InBev and Heineken lobbying Mexico's president to designate their production as essential, as he has had, uh, as he had for other agribusinesses. Not to be left out, the governor of Jalesco State, home to the city of Tequila, where Mexico's most favorite spirit is cultivated, is pushing for that same exemption. Oh, man, this is pretty intense right here. This is pretty intense because what happens for Cinco de Mayo? Can you imagine if you can't have, and I wouldn't do it myself, but other people would, you can't have a Corona with lime? On Cinco de Mayo. For me, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to subject myself to, to shitty beer like that with the lime. Okay, there's a lime in it. Wow. I myself, I'm a margarita man. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I will have a margarita or Cinco de Mayo and I will enjoy it. Okay? That's just how I do. I'm trying to flirt with the idea of making like a transition noise. Like maybe like a beer opening and pouring to go from article to article. I think that might help the production a little bit. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that for you guys. Uh, okay, so uh, the Brewers Association had a press release uh, over the week announcing the top 50 brewing companies of 2019. Now, of course, there's lots of controversy around the Brewers Association. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this show before in terms of uh, what they consider craft and who they are. Are they the authority? Blah, blah, blah. They are the number one beer lobbyist in the country. Okay, let's put it like that. And if the, and everyone thinks lobbyists are a, is a big dirty word and all that, for a lot of things that it is, it is a big dirty word. You got the cigarettes lobby and the pharmaceutical lobby and the gun lobby. But when it comes to beer, okay, I'm okay with that lobby. I'm okay with the beer lobby. All right, bring on the beer lobby. I'll work for the beer lobby. I'll do it right here. I'll shout. I have a soapbox right here. So the, anyway, the uh, the the beer the Brewers Association announced its top fifty craft brewing companies in terms of their sales in twenty nineteen. So I'm going to ramble off the top ten, and you sit there and you think about what these breweries represent. All right, number one, Yingling. Number two, Boston Beer Company. Number three, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Number four, New Belgium. Number five, Duvel. Number six. Gambrinius, number seven, Bells, number eight, Canarchy, number nine, Stone, and ten, Artisanal. Artisanal is really good, by the way. Eleven, we have Deschutes. You got Brooklyn Brewery in there, which, I mean, Brooklyn is like half-owned. Dogfish Head's in there, of course, at number 12. Oh, excuse me, number 13. I thought they'd be a little bit higher up there. Uh, some other some other bright spots. Trogues at 27. I wish they were higher up. 21st Amendment, 21st Amendment breweries on here, and I heard they're the completely not craft. Uh, Narag Nasset is on here. I thought they weren't craft at all. Flying Dog, hate them. Rogue is at 36. Long Trail out of Vermont. They're pretty darn good. 
Um, you know, I'm just going through this list here, and I'm saying to myself, you know, who's what? You know, what's what here? You know, in terms of uh, you know, if it's the authentic craft and whatnot, it's just important that I think we're getting to a, a point in time when it comes to the craft beer industry. It's like. You always want to stay away from the big, big boys, the Anheuser-Busch's, the Heineken's, and stuff like that. And you want to support craft, but sometimes it's just like, how do you do that? I think it's just you got to be hyper-localized right now. You cannot go without out of the purview of what's local because that's when you run into a little bit of a problem. And um, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not easy right now, and you know, moving forward, it might get even harder, especially now after this uh, after this shutdown. I mean, there's going to be breweries that are going to close. I hate to say it. I really do because I love craft beer and stuff, but there are breweries that are going to close, and that's so unfortunate, you know. But, hey, let's get to the beer review. Why not? All right, I just got a fresh bottle of this. It's, it's the first time I did a beer in a bottle in a long, long time here. Just crack this bad boy open. Let's pour her out. Great look to it. All right. Oh, that one I got three fingers ahead. Okay, so Purple Monkey Dishwasher. I have, like I said here before, I, I pause the show or I do it beforehand. What I do is I drink one of these, write out what I think and feel, and then I go through it together with the notes and you to see if it holds up, to see if everything is the same. Uh, so we got a long neck bottle here. Uh, again, Purple Monkey Dishwasher, chocolate peanut butter porter. Uh, Purple Monkey Dishwasher is our robust porter made with chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, we start with a world-class American-style porter recipe, which is already laden with notes of chocolate, sweet malts, caramel, and molasses. And then take it to the next level, all caps, by infusing it with natural chocolate and peanut butter! Exclamation point. The final product is like a candy bar in a bottle that is deceptively quaffable despite its strength. Uh, just take one sip and you understand why this is our signature year-round porter. Now, when we talk about porters, right, uh, sometimes they get confused with stouts and everything like that. But the porter comes from England uh, and there's a description on beeradvocate.com that says that it is a old style English beer that they would take a combination of three beers and blend them together like stale old beers, uh, beers and blend them together to try to get a better taste and stuff like that. Uh, today, porters are not so much like that. Uh, they came back really with the homebrewing and microbrewing revolution in the 1970s and um, in the 80s. But the, these these beers are typically brewed with a pale malt, uh, usually like a black malt or a crystal or chocolate, and sometimes a smoked uh, brown malt. Um, but the main difference between porters and stouts, because that's usually where the confusion is, is the malt that's used. And usually porters are using a malted barley, and stouts are primarily made from an unmalted uh, roasted barley. Uh, which is where the coffee flavor that most people associate stouts comes from. So this is a robust porter. 
Uh, and according to Beer Advocate, that means that the Robos Porter uh, features a more bitter and roasted flavor malt than a brown porter, which is in a traditional English-style porter, but not quite as much as a stout. Robos, uh, robust porters have a roast malt flavor, often reminiscent of coca, uh, but no roasted barley flavor. Uh, the caramel and malty sweetness is a harmony of sharp bitterness and black malt. The hot bitterness is evident, and U.S. craft brewers... Uh, do some experimental stuff with the ingredients and stuff. <clears throat> but here's what I'm trying to get at, okay? The the porters and st- the porter and the, and the stout, okay? Th- they're the opposite spectrum of the IPA, meaning that how am I going to put this? The styles are blurred, right? But there are distinctive styles, you know, deliberately distinctive styles between the two but it's like on one side you have how does it how is it juicy how is it bitter and on this other side with the stouts and the porters you're seeing is like how is it sweet and how is it dry or roasty so when i say they're like ipas on the other end of it is what you're trying to get at is you're saying that on one end you have a juicy bitter hop bomb and on the other end here, with porters and stouts, you have the n- not so much hoppy flavor, but you have sweet malt, roasted malt, and where does it and the dry malts like where does it rest on that side? So it's just like if you're on one side of it, it's like here I am with the IPAs. From the other side of it, here I'm with the porters, and they're both ales. So that's what's interesting about it is that you can see the the broad spectrum of how beer can be made, especially ales. Because a porter, stout, and an IPA or pale ale are the same, essentially the same beer, right? So you get to see the spectrum of how things can change when it comes to the two. So I poured this bad boy out. I got two and a half fingers ahead. This time I got three fingers ahead here. It's a slightly off-white color in the head. Uh, it looks like it's got some really lovely carbonation going on here. It's uh, Coca-Cola Black at the bottom of the drinking vessel here. I have the from Pete Sullivan, the wonderful glass, the classic beer tasting glass that you can get here. It is just so fantastic. Love this bad boy here. Um, so at the bottom there, you have a little bit of a Coca-Cola Black, sort of like if you have a Coke in a bottle. I mean, excuse me, in a, in a glass. And towards the top there becomes a bit of a more opaque uh, Black and then uh, we're going to get a little bit of a nose on it here. So let's get the, let's pick this bad boy up and give it a sniff. <sighs> okay. <sighs> so I get an aroma of coffee. Uh, slight, uh, actually it's pretty forward, uh, uh, like a cocoa uh, smell. A very faint peanut aroma. It's not really forward. I'm not getting much peanut butter here. It definitely has a powerful sweet cocoa smell to it. And I hope it's not too sweet off the base of the smell. Um, I sniffed it and then I started writing. And then in my nose, I was smelling like cocoa pebbles off the glass. Like I had put it down and in my like nose. I was sniffing. I was smelling cocoa pebbles. Um, but let me give it another go here. Definitely a roasted malt smell. There, there's a coffee smell here. I don't think that it comes through. But let's get to the taste. And this taste here is uh, 
It's dedicated to Matt Daly. Great guy. Great guy. It's for Matt Daly. Oh, it's good. Solid balance there. Great mouthfeel. It's got a nice carbonation to it. A very solid carbonation to it. And what happens is... It's got like this velvety smoothness and then it very quickly turns into a dry finish, an earthy bone dry finish. Similar to last week's Pills Mafia, which was not good. But with this, it really works. I'm like, I'm getting like a dark chocolate bitterness here. And this is my only downfall with this is I'm waiting for the peanut butter and it just doesn't show up. It's got like a, oh man. It's got such a, a harmonious sweetness and bitterness to it. I mean, it really blends together so well, right? A roasted malty flavor, very clean, very clean, clean flavor to it. Easy on the palate. A pedestrianish dryness to it, but I mean, it's on the back end, but just no peanut butter. And this is one of the things that I think would draw, I mean, either, this is one of the things that would either draw you in when reading about this beer, like, like by looking at it, or it would tell you this is no good for me. So the fact that it has that on the bottle, I think is actually hurting this beer, to be honest. And that's just my, my take on it. And I'm a beer drinker and crap beer drinker at that. So it's everything that I expected in terms of a porter. Um, a very drinkable beer. Mm. I wasn't looking forward to it because of the peanut butter part. And then I was pleasantly surprised. But even though that's the case, I'm actually going to put that as a as a detriment. Because, like, again, I want to taste that peanut butter and it's just not there. It's, it's good, though. It's so drinkable. I, it would definitely get a higher score. Like, I think it would have given this, like, a 7.5 if everything that it was saying that it was was there. But it's just not. A pretty darn good fucking beer. And it is the second porter ever. Mm. I might do the stout next week to uh, try to do, like, a little bit of a juxtaposition, so to speak. But... Pretty drinkable, pretty tasty. 6.7, is it's, it's on the higher end there, and you're not getting that whatsoever. Great dry finish. I would give this, I gave it a 6.75. A 6.75. And, um, actually, I think I'm going to put this under the seasonal, because that hasn't happened yet. Is it seasonal? Maybe it is, or maybe it isn't. Evil Genius Beer Company comes at you with Purple Monkey Dishwasher with Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. And uh, it's making it to the uh, Mount Rushmore because nothing else is there. Uh, But it's coming in at a 6.75, and this might be overtaken by a summer beer. Uh, Pretty much, I mean, if it beats the 6.75, it'll overtake it. Uh, and that's that. So let me write this. I'm going to write this down here. The 6.75 monkey. 
And that's for uh, Season three's Mount Rushmore. There is no lager beer. I have to actually, oh, no, no. Five-barrel Pilsner carried over. We have the Madonna. Lucius carried over. And we have uh, Purple Monkey Dishwasher, which is just, um, it's there because it, it was vacant. And now it's taken over. So that's it for this show, ladies and gentlemen. 162, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. I'm really glad you all were able to join. I really hope that everyone is is doing well. hope that everyone's mental state is okay. I know a lot of fragile people out there, but guess what? Oh, excuse me. Guess what? Huh? This is how it's going to go, okay? This whole situation, I, I made this a little bit of a Facebook post, so excuse me if I sound redundant here. There are decades where nothing happens, and then there are weeks where decades happen. We got to stay calm. We got to stay strong. We got to fight, and we're going to win. And that's how it is, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it going. We're all in this together, brother, and we're going to be all right. I'm going to catch you all next week. God bless you. Stay safe. Don't cough around others. Don't go near anybody. And I'm going to catch you on the flip side. Come drink with me, baby. We're all good to go. Take care, everybody.